When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Wrestling Inc. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, back as always in the saddle with our good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Always happy to be on the Winkly. You love my wordplay. I love it. Um, We are here every Thursday at noon Eastern with the Winkly. We'll be moving that over to Tuesday through Thursday, noon Eastern here on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel, starting here in about a week or so. Uh, but right now, it's just Thursdays. Thank you so much for tuning in to, uh, to watch today. If you are enjoying this live news discussion, the Winkly is not limited to just this live video conversation. The Winkly is a large, sprawling, beautiful piece of art, audio artwork that you can go find over on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel. Go subscribe to Wrestling Inc. audio on iTunes. You're not just going to get the discussion that Justin and I have here today. You're also going to get some exclusive interviews. Today's show, if you go listen to the full-length podcast version will not just feature Justin and I. It'll also feature interviews I have with Gail Kim, Brian Cage, Darren Young, and Crowbar. Now, I know I promised the PCO interview this week, Justin, but get this. I've interviewed PCO before, and when I went on my trip here to California, I moved over the audio for an old PCO interview. So I have to go back home to Illinois today and get that audio off an external hard drive and you're going to get the pco interview next week i promise I'm, you're going to get it justin i'm starting to doubt if it exists like does it exist? It's, dude it exists and this is like this is uh like the yeti in wcw you know pco he's in the giant piece of ice over my shoulder and he's going to come out here and he's going to hug hulk hogan mm. uh, P- pco hugging hulk hogan that would be that might steal the internet uh, for all of 2019. And I know we're only in day three. I don't know if they get along or not. I didn't ask him. I should have asked PCO if he liked Hulk Hogan or not. I'll ask him. I'll ask him. When would they have really crossed paths though? Because Hogan was pretty much gone by WWF in the nineties by that point. I mean, I, well, I guess they both were in WCW for, but I mean, I don't know. They just seemed like they wouldn't have mixed for any reason. Look, dude, PCO is a time traveling vampire. Okay. He has worked. He worked with Lestat. Uh, from Interview with a Vampire in like the 1780s, I think. So he's worked with everybody. PCO is is a very he's had a long, uh, a long career, wonderful career. Anyway, we are we are. Uh, I do have to run off. I'm actually interviewing Gail Kemp right after we do our our news segment here today. So we are on a little bit of a time crunch. Um, but with that said, we got a lot to get to here today, Justin. Uh, before we do, uh, of course, uh, one more time. Yesterday, of course, we started off the Wrestling Inc. Uh, podcast by acknowledging the passing of Mean Gene Okerlund. No real new info, to the best of my knowledge, has come out about his passing. But once again, just wanted to send our best out uh, to the Okerlund family and his friends as they are dealing with his passing. And uh, go check it out online. Justin, I was complimenting you before we came on the air. Justin did an incredible piece of work uh, with Inside Edition, um, which the full video I know is on your YouTube or on your, your Twitter channel there. You can go watch it. Uh, very cool, Justin. How did, how did that come about where you were talking to Inside Edition about the passing of Gene Okerlund? 
uh, over the years, I've networked with different people and um, a, a producer specifically that works with Inside Edition. And, you know, the news uh, with Gene's passing happened and he got a hold of me and said, hey, you know, I'd love to have you speak about him if you can do it, you know, soon. And so it's just off, off and running. Man, uh, it really is. It's very well done. Um, and of course, it features Justin. So go check it out. Go find that online. And uh, once again, we send our best to, uh, to Mean Gene Okerlund. But uh, Mean Gene loved talking wrestling. So that's what we're going to do here today in, in memory of Gene Okerlund. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about the launch of AEW All Elite Wrestling, uh, officially announced on January, fir- uh, on January 1st edition of Being the Elite. Uh, along with the announcement of uh, all AEW, they also announced there's going to be another double or nothing. There'll be a rally next Tuesday, which I will be attending down in Jacksonville, where they're going to announce uh, all kinds of new stuff I'm expecting. Maybe something about a TV or web deal. Uh, maybe uh, something about a roster. We'll find out on Tuesday. But uh, here's what we do know. All of them have now officially signed contracts. Cody, the Bucks, Hangman Page, uh, along with it looked like Brandy. Um, and uh, Miss Matt Massey was also in the, the photo as well. Um, but there are a couple other things that happened just in the last 24 hours that piqued my interest. Uh, first of all, the AEW Twitter account, AE Wrestling. If you're not already following it, get on that. They've already started dropping news. And it's not necessarily the news they're dropping in their timeline that is uh, maybe eye-catching at the moment. It's who they're following on Twitter. And uh, right now, they have started following Goldberg. Now, Goldberg is a he is represented by Barry Bloom, who represents a lot of wrestlers. Um, I know that Barry is friendly with the Bucks and Cody. His name has been rumored out there to be a part of this. So not completely out of the question. As far as free agents go, Justin... What do you think about the idea of Goldberg possibly mixing up with uh, actual young bucks over at AEW? Well, I think it's intriguing. I mean, I don't think there's any harm in considering Goldberg. Certainly, he's not going to come in and be the guy you build everything around and is going to be you know, your champion working, you know, a champion-type schedule. But as a little bit of a novelty act, why not? He's still in great shape. Again, we, you know, we had this discussion some yesterday. Uh, about okay, do they you know do, does AEW do they need a television deal? Do they not? And whether it's a television deal or whether it's a, a, a you know a, a, some other service, you know having a guy like Goldberg who crosses in the mainstream and is very well known and has done stuff outside of wrestling, that's a I mean, what a way to say to new advertisers, hey, well, not only are we this new company, but take us seriously. Look, you know, you know we have some some you know we have somebody very credible. Granted, he's not again, he's not going to be our guy who's our future, obviously, but it, it's somebody that just come in be a novelty act. Um, so, I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I, and, I, and I think it's smart as well because, you know, the biggest fear I think would be, okay, the Bucks and Cody are going to do this promotion and they're going to be the stars. And it's just going to be, you know, all young, new guys, which, you know, young and new is fine. But you, I think you need to have a little bit of some old, you need to have a little bit of everything for everybody to bring people in and get them to give you a take, get, 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 get them to give you a try. So, uh, I think it's intriguing. Yeah, and I just wonder, what do you do with a, a Goldberg, you know, in a, in a promotion here that's going to be so much young, up-and-coming talent? I would think that's the direction they're going here based mm-hmm. off a lot of the names rumored. Um, you can't have Goldberg coming in and, and doing a winning streak like he was known for WCW. I think it would be kind of interesting if you're going to bring Goldberg in, do something different with him. Maybe he goes on a losing maybe he goes on a losing streak for a little bit before finally picking up a big win. I guess for me it's just, what, what, are, the, what are the stories left to tell with a Goldberg character, especially in a new promotion like this? Well, I think, I mean, I don't know about losing streak and all that. Again, I don't know how much in-ring work you're going to get out of him, but I think you could build, uh, again, to, you know, whenever TV's going to launch or, or distribution's going to launch, 
you could build towards an ever foreseen match of Goldberg versus whomever. Um, what I wonder, and I don't know, but I, I mean, is obviously Goldberg's in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he's still under some kind of Legends deal. And then while a lot of guys are under Legends deal, they're able to do, you know, like Kevin Nash, for example. <clears throat> I know Kevin's under a Legends deal. He's still able to go obviously do other, you know, Comic Cons and indie bookings if he wants. I think there's usually some rules with the Legends, depending on how their deal structure about whether or not they can appear on other television or other wrestling DVDs and such. So I, I don't know what Goldberg's status is. That's what's most intriguing to me is uh, is he eligible? But uh, but obviously, you know, he and he and his representation would know best. But yeah, I, I, Goldberg's an interesting name. There's there's only so many guys out there that are available right now that could really push the needle. CM Punk is another name. I know a lot of people have bandied about. I still don't really know that Punk has any interest in getting back into pro wrestling, though. I know he's been on the record as saying nobody's really come to him and made him a, a, a big offer either. Um, so I would think punk would be somebody that, that could be in play here possibly if they wanted to make a move for it. Um, and, and then outside of that, then you go to the WWE guys, you know, who on that roster has got contracts coming up in a couple months. They would be interested in jumping from one promotion to another. I know you keep your ear to the ground, Justin. Have you heard any, uh, have you seen any smoke? You heard any rumors about people possibly on the main WWE roster that could be eyeing an exit, maybe looking to explore opportunities elsewhere. Well, nothing, nothing that I feel comfortable saying. I mean, I I think we can just we can just well we we'll just leave it at we 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 are aware of or we we are becoming aware of okay guys who deals are coming to an end with WWE and I, and I think all of them I think everything is relevant to watch and see okay you know AJ Styles has had a great accomplishment in WWE is he happy with that does he does he want to do more in WWE does he want to take maybe a light an even lighter schedule what kind of money is he looking for Gallows and Anderson contracts coming up later this year obviously uh, have not been used to their fullest potential. Do they go back to Japan? I'm sure they get the money in Japan, but they both have families here in the States. Maybe they like to stay here in the state. You know, so I, you know, not, nothing that I feel comfortable saying. I think this person's definitely gone, but I definitely think you're right. There's a not, there's a lot of people to keep our eye on. I was trying to get you in trouble. I know. <laughs> I was like pushing you to say things. That's why, that's why I try to like weave around it a little bit there. Uh, yeah, all the names you mentioned there. It is interesting right now. The club getting a renewed push on WWE TV. AJ Styles now the number one contender. Uh, Finn Balor getting in a renewed push over on Raw. It definitely seems like a lot of guys that are very good friends with the Buck and Cody uh, are, are getting new life in WWE. Uh, so we'll see if, if that's a trend that continues or not. Uh, we do know that there is another official new signing for AEW that's been confirmed, and that's Britt Baker, the dentist, uh, the girlfriend of uh, uh, the Undisputed Era's Adam Cole is officially with the promotion. It seems like she's going to be part of, I would guess, a, a women's division in AEW. How much you know about Britt? What do you think she brings to the table here? I know a lot about Britt. I knew her before she started training. I mean, I knew her when she started training here in Pittsburgh. Uh, she's worked with us in IWC, and she was on ShareShot Reality for a good portion of the time. Um, Britt is uh, – she's a, she's, a, she's a great talent. Uh, she's got a great look. She, she's got a connection with the fans, uh, has done a lot, and just a – a relatively short amount of time and so if that is where her next stop is i think that's a, a hell of a acquisition for you know uh some you know a, a rising star man this is going to be so much fun i'm already exhausted in 2019 from what has happened here and the the sleep i've lost following this all of the the new talent announcements who's coming who's going who's who's jumping ship this is this is going to be a very wild ride here in 2019 um and on that note Wrestling Observer uh, reporting that WWE has started making substantially 
hire offers <laughs> to developmental talent to try to to lure them over to WWE. And 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 specifically, uh, it was noted that Bandito was given a Ring of Honor offer. WWE found out about it, offered him a bigger offer. Ring of Honor came back and won this guy in the end. Bandito will be with Ring of Honor. He's also <laughs> going to be wrestling at Honor Reign Supreme, I believe, next weekend. Interesting that WWE is going to, I mean, traditionally, I, you know, I heard low numbers for developmental talent up until about a year and a half, two years ago. I wonder how far they're going to take this. How deep do pockets go to try to secure talent that is available right now, Justin? Yeah, I mean, this is, um, you know, yeah, uh, just within the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, going to NXT, going down to the performance center, I should say, for a developmental deal was not very lucrative for for the average person. Obviously, there's every person is 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 subject to their own own you know uh, value, and there are certain guys that went there and got more than others because of you know the, what they what they were able to the leverage they were able to bring. But yeah, I mean, for the average developmental person, I mean, um, uh, you know, you could be a regular worker. I'm just gonna. I don't mean this to sound. You could be a regular worker at McDonald's and be making. I mean, you know, it wasn't big money to be. You know, at the entry level developmental, it was kind of you know those truly paying their dues. Um, so the fact that they're now having to be more competitive is a good thing. You know, it, it's healthy for the business um, because it kind of for a little bit there it was kind of like WWE. You know, they had they were they were the game in town. They you know oh come to a developmental deal. We'll pay you peanuts. Now, you know, they can't pay everybody in a developmental deal, you know, uh, this higher, these higher figures. That's not going to be possible. But now when you, when you find a piece of talent who is, you know, uh, established somewhere else in the world, somewhere else in the wrestling world, you got you to you you truly make a, a healthy bid. So this is healthy for the business. I mean, it's, you know, it's not the best news for WWE, but it's healthy for the business. Yeah. And, you know, it's not and it's not just WWE who's being pushed here to, to up developmental offers. I mean, obviously, Ring of Honor stepped up here to try to get Bandito. Brody King, PCO, also signed in that uh, same foul swoop here. What a great time for wrestling now where, you know, it's not just WWE. You've also got this AEW promotion out there. Ring of Honor has now stepped up its game to try to, to take this talent in as well. And, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling has been retaining talent uh, left and right as well. Tama Tonga, obviously a very outspoken uh, proponent of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, for me, you know, if you've got all this money mm. flying around right now, it does start to seem like, Aside from money, what are you looking for as a wrestler right now? What what kind of uh, are you looking for more time to continue with your kids? Do you want to be on the road seeing the world? Uh, I think that WWE kind. I mean, it's almost like a, they're a victim of their own petard, right? They have been doing their own thing here for so many years. They've gotten so set in their ways where they can do whatever they want and know that the fans will be there, know that they're going to be able to get talent. I wonder how this affects WWE in their presentation. I know we're seeing the fresh start thing here right now, but I, I think that there's more we're going to see here in the coming year from WWE changing, you know, giving time off to talent to go visit the holidays and things like that. I, I just, I just genuinely wonder how, how much change we're going to see from WWE as they fight to lure this new talent in because it's, it's, it's crazy. It sounds, it's not just about money right now. I feel like that's only part of what these guys are weighing when they're picking the promotion they're going through, Justin. Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword for WWE. If you think, it, you know, in the last couple of years when we all, you know, I think all of us were happy about it, when they finally started breaking the rule of, okay, uh, we have to change your name. You're not going to come in here as AJ Styles, or you're not going to come in here as Samoa Joe. You know, we started seeing them willing to part on things like that, or bend on things like that. When we started seeing, okay, God, you know, they're going to start doing cross-promotional work with, with Evolve. And when we started seeing them 
break down their walls that for so many years were so concrete that nothing existed outside of them. Double-edged sword. On the one hand, it was good. Obviously, they acquired you know great talent in AJ Styles. Obviously, it helped you know their brands. Um, you know, you know Finn Balor helped NXT tremendously. Shinsuke Nakamura helped. You know, so <clears throat> they reaped the benefits. But what it also then did is, as you now ask Nick, if you're a wrestler, what are you looking for? Well, it used to be if you're a wrestler, every wrestler, no matter no matter what they said on on, on an interview or how how uh, prideful they try to seem, every wrestler's goal <laughs> was WWE and WrestleMania. That was everybody's goal. Well, that can still be everybody's goal, but now that they've seen that WWE is now breaking down some of those walls, they can go take a different schedule or what have you at an AEW, at an ROH, or what have you, and realize that, hey, if they truly are that good of a talent, WWE is now willing to bring them over, let them keep their name and their brand. So, you know, WWE breaking down their walls, reaped, um, you know, they got some of the benefits of it, but it's also now they lost some leverage, I guess. Yeah, I, and and that's why I'm I'm interested to see, you know. And the thing is, with WWE, they've controlled their talent so hard. Uh, like you said, changing names, making them do stupid stuff, uh, you know, paying their dues. I don't know if we're going to see as much of that stuff anymore. And I also wonder what it does to shuffle the card as well, because you know we've seen uh, Mustafa Ali getting this big push on SmackDown out of nowhere. Though, I mean, I I think I thought he was going to win the the Fatal Five Way on SmackDown and go on to be the guy to face Daniel Bryan at the Rumble. The fact he lost at AJ Styles won. I, I uh, how how does this affect the structure of the pushes? The stories they're going to be telling are guys that you know were getting pushes before going to get pushed back down the card to make room for other guys that have been losing for a while now. I I, I mean it's just a very intriguing time to be watching the product, um, knowing how all the backstage stuff right now is affecting what you're seeing in the ring. You know, um, let's shift gears here a little bit. Uh, there was another story this week I thought was interesting. Nia Jax took to Twitter, uh, calling out WWE on a tweet uh, that they had that featured uh, several women uh, from the roster, four women from the roster, all white women. And uh, Nia Jax saying, hashtag we here too, calling out WWE for their lack of representation of people of color in this particular tweet. Uh, Ty Dillinger chimed back in, uh, telling Nia Jax to focus less on that and to focus on her craft. Uh, he got more blowback, I think, than Naya. But do you think Naya has a valid point here with her tweet uh, aimed at the representation of women in the WWE tweet? You know, well, first of all, it's hard to answer this being a, a, a 31-year-old white guy. You know, right, right. <clears throat> Personally, I would have thought nothing of it when I saw the tweet of of the women chosen in the collage uh, that WWE tweeted, and also nothing about the tweet that WWE put out did I interpret as, you know, these are the only women doing big things. I, I think Ty had a, I think Ty worded it well when he said every woman, even you and I, every woman in 2018 had a big year for WWE. We're, they're just collaging a few big, big moments. I mean, what, I mean, what, I, you know, so I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe there's more that Nia has been dealing with that we don't know or, or things that she feels that they, I mean, I don't know, but to me, again, the 31 year old white guy, I didn't, I kind of thought it was kind of out of left field for Nia this week, but. Well, you know. and, and, and that's the thing is it did catch me a lot. I mean, again, we're 30, you know, I'm a 33 year old white guy and I looked at the tweet and I didn't necessarily immediately notice a lack of representation, but maybe that's the bigger point that she's making here is that, you know, WWE is still at a point of complacency where they're still doing some things that they've always done. And uh, going into 2019 here, you know, as we're looking for change, as we're looking for that fresh start, 
Is this her way of saying maybe it's time to crown more people of color as champions here? Obviously, she's held the title, has this Naomi, but it you know it's no secret here. It's been a while since we've had an African-American champion on top. Is this the year we start to see some uh, more diversity in WWE and who they push? Is that why they're going the Mustafa Ali direction? Uh, because they realize that, hey, you know, it's not just about pushing guys that people like. It's also about pushing a diversity, uh, a diverse amount of people that can appeal to a larger base. Yeah, maybe. I, again, I, you know, it's, it's really hard for me to speak intelligently because I, you know, I, anything, anything I say, you, you just automatically just gonna be blown back of, well, you don't know what you're talking about, or you, you don't know what uh, other races might have to deal with. I, you know, so again, obviously, diversity is great. Um, uh, my, my thought is be as diverse as possible, but at the end of the day, you know, push the characters that are getting over, whether they're black, white, whoever, whatever. Uh, well, speaking of people that are getting pushes here, uh, let's take a look outside of WWE a little bit. Uh, amongst the fray, Ring of Honor, New Japan, WWE, AEW, there is another promotion right now uh, that is making waves, and that's MLW. And uh, MLW this week announced that they have officially signed Davey Boy Smith Jr. I also know they've applied to the for the trademark to the Hart Foundation, um, and that looks to be a, a signature act they're going to be building around. Where do you see MLW's place uh, in the landscape here going into 2019, Justin? Well, they they certainly have had a lot of momentum. They they've you know um, you know they they've become a major. They become a player. Uh, obviously, that you know not uh, you know, they don't seem like they necessarily have the resources that all elite wrestling is going to have. But um, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I think everybody kind of figured out now that if you want to try to compete against WWE, if you want to try to just compete, you almost got to operate like the territories of the '80s. You know, so I I, I fully hope and expect. Well, I hope, but but I think it's reasonable to expect that all elite wrestling, as we find out more information as the weeks go on here, that the while they'll be their own promotion and they'll have talent signed contracts, that they will still be open to working together. So you know, at, you know, so when they have their big shows like Double or Nothing, you know, you have some you know, hey, do a trade. Here's some MLW guys. Here's some ROH guys, and in return, they give a little back for special MLW shows. So I think you know, MLW needs to keep doing what they're doing. You know, acquire their talent, keep their brand moving, because I think that uh, I don't want to use the word piggyback, but I think that everybody can kind of work in partnership. If AEW is going to be, if if they are going to explode and become the the number two, if they're going to become the the most legitimate competitive threat to WWE, I think it would be of everybody's benefit to all work, even Impact Wrestling, for everybody to be willing to work all together if they want to try to uh, compete against the billion dollar machine that is WWE. Yeah, and well, I mean, billion-dollar machine that is AEW as well. I mean, right, the cons are worth like $6.6 billion. I mean, it's not like, you know, there are any slouches here. If they want to dig into their pockets and make some plays here, the AEW crew's more than capable of doing that. The thing with MLW, though, and I, I like Court a lot. Um, I like a lot of people that work at MLW. I, I don't think it behooves them to be doing these uh, contract signing announcements because I don't really know that MLW has – a very stringent contract. It still seems pretty open to me. I talked to, to flying Brian Pillman jr. He talked about how kind of open his contract was, how he was allowed to work different places here. I don't see Davey and, and killer elite squad necessarily wrapping up in, in new Japan pro wrestling or, or working ring of honor shows. And I think back to when MLW announced the signing of PCO uh, in 2018. And then three months later, this guy's getting signed by ring of honor. So for a, a company that's trying to, you know, establish a, a stake and land here uh, during the land grab that is 2019. You know, 
I don't know that they should be doing these contract signing announcements, especially if they're not, you know, <laughs> nailing these guys down and making them exclusive MLW talent. Well, and that's a, a certainly a fair point. I was going to mention the PCO. I'm glad you did. Um, I, I kind of maybe maybe they need to change how they put this out. Maybe don't make it sound so much as oh, we have this guy under exclusive contract when you when you're really not holding him to that. But I do think it's wise for them to tout if they do have some type of reasonable agreement they all, that all both parties plan to stick to. I think it's all it was very good to say, look, we have this talent who is going to be here for sure for the next year. Like, I mean, I think it's good to to you know obviously establish and say that you have a, a regular roster that's not just guys coming and going revolving door. But you're right, if 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 their contracts have not evolved to the point of um, uh, of the exclusivity needed to make sure that they don't go elsewhere in ROH, AEW, wherever. Then you're right. They they need to watch how they're wording this. The same. We just signed this guy to a contract, and then a few months later, looking ridiculous when somebody else signed up to a, tr- a true contract. Uh, well, this past week, uh, DJ Z uh, announced that he's officially a free agent. Also, uh, Trevor Lee from Impact Wrestling announced that he is going to be wrapping up with Impact now, or has wrapped up with Impact Wrestling. Also, a free agent uh, for these two guys in particular, because they're the only two here uh, that I could pick pick out of the the list. What a great time to announce your free agency, especially if you have any name value, if you have any credibility, if you've had any time working on TV and you know how to work on TV. A great time to just kind of dangle that carrot and say, oh, yeah, I'm a free agent right now. Uh, what a what an awesome spot for these two guys to be in. And I'm a, I'm a big Trevor Lee fan. I, I could see him very easily. Uh, same with DJ Z. I could see him very easily uh, moving over to AEW or, or making a, a splash over somewhere like MLW. Yeah, I'm a big DJZ fan. He's another one um, uh, trained around here in Pittsburgh, and I, I got to work with. I remember when he first made his first uh, uh, appearance on TNA back in summer of 2011. It's a big deal, and he's had a great run uh, and has advanced his brand. So, yeah, I, I think this is uh, – couldn't ask for a better timing if you're him to, to do this. Did you know DJZ has, like, moved into deathmatch wrestling? Well, I know he's done some, Yeah. <laughs> I mean that DJZ, like you know the 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 DJ guy. I was a little surprised by this. I saw some video of him. He does the. Uh, have you heard of these bar fights, Justin? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, go on. Okay, you guys can go find this online. Bar fights are a real thing that are taking off right now in pro wrestling. Uh, no ring, just two men on a dance floor. I would imagine where it starts, wherever they want to start it in the bar. And the two men have a no disqualification, no ring fight in a bar. That is a style of wrestling that exists now. Have you? Have, are you? Am I the first person to tell you about this, Justin? No, I've, 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 I've seen images. I just want to make sure that's what I'm, what I'm thinking of is what you were talking about. Yeah, I mean, look, when I, well, I mean, DJZ specifically. When I met him, he was, uh, you know, Shima Zion. Yeah, <sighs> and um, you know, I mean, he, 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 he could get down. It wasn't all just high flying. He could, he could get down yeah. dirty. So yeah, why not? Yeah. No, the. Yeah, the only reason I brought this up is there's this bar right bar fighting promotion that's going to be running Super Bowl weekend down in Texas, and uh, I got the press release for it. <laughs> this show they're doing this bar fight. Do you know what the main event is? Do you have any idea what I'm about to, to tell you? The main event of this bar fight is filthy, <sighs> filthy Tom Lawler will be facing Ken Shamrock in a bar fight down in Texas Super Bowl weekend, and I've never wanted to buy a ticket. And go somewhere more in my entire life. That sounds amazing. Kid Shamrock, Tom Lawler in a bar fighting. Sign me up. I go watch. 
I'm so stoked. I love this idea. Uh, another name, uh, two last news items here before we kick over to some interviews. Another name that uh, appears to be making waves here in 2019 that caught me off guard. Uh, Jason David Frank, uh, a.k.a. the green slash white Power Ranger, uh, is going to be making his in-ring wrestling debut for Laredo, uh, the Laredo Wrestling Alliance later this year. I've already seen All Ego Ethan Page, Grand Slam for a match with this guy. Very cool, Justin. Of all the weird stories going into 2019, the Green Power Ranger is going to finally become a wrestler uh, there, Justin. Yeah, I feel like he's been like in the news on wrestling sites for years, but then I'm like, well, what has he done? Like, I know he had like a beef with CM Punk for a minute. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I know who he is. I watched the Power Rangers back in his time. I, I don't know if I don't know if I'm excited about this or not. I don't know. I'm I'm in, I'm I'm willing to give it a chance, right? I think the reason that pro wrestling only if he, only only if he comes to the ring with Kimberly the Pink Ranger. Uh I don't. Is she alive? She's alive, right? I hope so. I think a whole bunch of them are dead. I think a lot of the Power Rangers like died young. <laughs> of what drugs? I don't know. I gotta go look it up. I could be wrong too. I didn't vet this before I said it out loud, but I feel like a few of the Power Rangers have passed away uh, from the original series. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, they have to be that. That's super young. Then. Yeah, it is. It's tragic. Um, uh, but yeah, Jason David Frank, willing to give it a chance. Uh, I think the reason he resonates with wrestling fans is because he's a dude in spandex who's fighting people, right? So, I mean, it's a natural uh, natural crossover there. Last news item here before we get to the interviews. Uh, Booker T is going to be making his in-ring return for his reality of wrestling promotion. He's going to be taking on Rex Andrews, uh, their Christmas Chaos Christmas Carnage show here later this month. Um, just, uh, interesting Booker T getting back in the ring. We talk about Goldberg. Um, he's a guy Booker who could still go still in great shape. Uh, if he wants to do another run, it would be very interesting. And WWE's not going to let him. It would be interesting to see <laughs> Booker T, uh, try to get in somewhere. I could see him in AEW as well. I don't know if they'd let him do it or not. I know he does more with WWE, uh, than a Goldberg does. But if he wants to wrestle, if he's interested, I, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see Booker T get another run. Dude can still go. Yeah, I mean, he's in phenomenal shape. I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm completely just speculating here. I, I just imagine. I don't I don't think he longs for having to go back and be in the ring on a regular pace. I think it's probably, again, he's just helping out his his homegrown promotion there, um, you know, in, in shape. But, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, look, yeah, we're talking, we talked about Goldberg here, so stranger things have happened. Well, he's just, you know, he's been talking about an in-ring return here for the past year or so about how he can still go and all this type of stuff. And they just never seem to get behind him in WWE. I know they're looking to to push more young talent in WWE. So if he if he wants to wrestle, I've kind of gotten the vibe that he does. Uh, I wonder if he would not entertain uh, maybe going to an AEW or something like that. So I mean, anyway, talks. exactly. Uh, well, that is our wrap up here uh, of news for the past week. Uh, we did a weekly or another Wink podcast yesterday if you want to go listen to that. But right now, if you are listening to us on iTunes, you're about to get some more audio. So if you're watching us here on YouTube, go subscribe Wrestling Inc. Audio because you're about to get interviews with Gail Kim, Brian Cage, Darren Young, and Crowbar. So sit back, relax, and right after that, Justin and I will come back to wrap up the show. At this time, I'm very pleased to welcome to the show a legend in the world of professional wrestling, in particular women's professional wrestling. It is, of course, Gail Kim. Gail, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with oh, me today. Thanks for that introduction. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you are probably uh, one of the more, uh, I was talking to my girlfriend, you're probably the most well-known female wrestler to not have had a recent WWE run 
uh, in, in a couple years. You've, you've decided to make Impact Wrestling yeah. your home here. You're coming back for homecoming. Why, why is that? Why, why are you yeah. coming back to Impact Wrestling now? Why do you think this was the right time? Well, I've been there actually the whole time since I've retired. I'm an agent behind the scenes for the company, and so I am in charge of um, uh, the knockouts division. So, you know, the storyline uh, that's been going on is Tessa's been having some attitude problems with the authorities, so that's why I'm stepping in. You know, that I think that all the girls hopefully respect me uh, in that role. And so I think I'm the only one that's going to be able to call this match fair and square. Absolutely. And, you know, as the agent for the women's division or the knockouts division in Impact Wrestling, mm-hmm. what what are you looking to get out of that division? It's so competitive right now uh, in, in women's wrestling. It is. It really is. And um, I will say, you know, once I was starting to retire, I was telling all the girls that I was in my uh, you know, my years with my generation, I said, wow, I feel like an outsider in this locker room now because this whole new crop of women, the new generation has stepped in. And um, that's that was kind of one of the signs, too. And I said to myself, OK, maybe it's time to retire. I can see this whole new generation of women coming through. And I had seen so many girls come and go. And so what I really want is just to make them the best, you know, truly just like what I wanted in my career was to be the best wrestler. And um, I see that hunger within all the girls. They're so hungry and passionate and just want to do their best. And, you know, I'll get texts from them, you know, the week before and say, I'm so stoked for this match. I'm so hype and I want to make it to the best and I want to steal the show. And I just love that because that was always my attitude going in. And um, they're just starting to really, find their feet together as a roster and I feel like they're gelling now and I mean just it's a great time right now I think it's just going to get better and better and better you know it's interesting because uh, Don Callis did an interview recently uh you may know him right from booking rooms and things like that yes yes Uh, um, (laughs) Yes, of course um yeah he he made an interesting comment about the move to pursuit uh where he said that we should expect a sexier edgier impact product now right now with women's wrestling yeah it seems we're moving away a bit from that you know former divas uh attitude towards the women's division do you think that's the right move to move in a sexier direction with the women i i know people are probably going to be surprised to hear me say this but i've said it before in interviews over the course of the past you know my whole career and uh i think because everyone thinks i'm such a advocate for women's wrestling that I hate all those things, but I don't, you know, I truly believe that the best time in wrestling for me was when I first got into WWE and they had a strong women's division on raw, which was Trish, Victoria, jazz, Ivory, Molly, um, you know, all those girls. And then on the other side, we had uh, Tori, Stacy, Dawn Marie, like the girl to me, who were totally willing to get in the ring, but their strengths were not in the ring and that they liked entertaining more. And I think that giving that balance to the fans is the most successful formula you can have because you give a little bit of everything to everyone. And so um, I don't disagree with him. I think that there's room for everything. Yeah, I mean, let's not lie. Women are getting a fair share of male beefcake every week and they watch wrestling, right? It goes both ways. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the women get the eye candy. Uh, I think the men can get it a little bit too. <laughs> I'm sure my girlfriend. I think. I think. I think the. I think the fans are reacting um, in a positive way towards uh, Scarlett because you know she's the one girl that kind of stands out right now because she's not 
part of the Knockouts uh, roster in terms of their wrestling division, but she's still a prominent character on the show. Yeah, and Scarlett can wrestle too. I'm here in Chicago, or I live in Chicago. Yeah. I know she's been with AAW for years. Scarlett can go. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, and she can wrestle. It's just that that's not her role right now, and I think that it's good to give a little bit of diversity. Um, well, of course, you, you bring up the robust uh, knockouts division you guys have currently. Uh, the champion is, of course, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, tell me a little bit about yeah. Tessa. Tell me a little. Let's talk about Tessa first here. Tell me a little bit about Tessa. Okay. What makes her special? Why do you think she's the right person well, to be carrying the knockouts championship? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first time, you know, leading up to her coming into the company, I hadn't seen much of her wrestle. I'd heard a lot from the other girls, the girls I had relationships with on the indies. And they're like, yeah, Tessa's good. Tessa's good, you know. And and then she came in and I will say I, I kind of got that itch, you know. I was thinking, wow, I would like to wrestle her, you know. And um, I just saw a lot of uh, the same commonalities within us her and i we both want to be the we both wanted to be the best in the world we both want to have the best matches didn't matter what you just you know we wanted to be stand out in that regard in terms of the wrestling and i see that within her but she's like the total package i think i think she looks great i think she's uh great on the mic and I think she can go in the ring, and I think she's going to be the best female wrestler in the world one day, like very soon, if she's pretty close to it now, I would say. Um, just got to keep on grinding and, um, you know, finding those girls that you have special chemistry with and making that magic. Yeah, and, you know, I had an interesting conversation last week uh, with the founder of GLOW, David McLean, who's bringing, yeah. who's bringing back yeah. women of wrestling over on Access TV. And he was quick to point out how he loves Tessa, how she's going to be a a big centerpiece for women of wrestling. And he also talked about how he worked with Impact to allow her to do women of wrestling. Uh, I didn't know if you had any part of those talks or if you guys had planned on maybe working more with WOW uh, in 2019. Oh, no, I wasn't part of those talks. So whatever happens, that's between the two offices there. So I think um, I think people think I'm part of the decision-making process there, but I'm not. I'm, the, I'm an agent for the girls. So Yeah, and, you know, you've, you've been with Impact now for a while. You've seen regime mm-hmm. changes. How is it working with the, the new management? How does it differ from previous regimes? I, I love it. And uh, I was, you know, I had two interviews prior to this and we're just talking about that. And I said I had had some, uh, you know, some minor concerns. Like I've seen this company go through so many ups and downs. And so uh, I'm never really worried because everyone, you know, even when fans get at their most negative and say, oh, they're going out of business, you know, for years. And we're still here. We still have been going. And so my concern was that, I always felt like, is there supposed to be just one leader leading us, you know, one strong leader? And so I didn't, I, in my mind, I thought, what's going to happen when we have like four leaders or uh, five leaders? Right. And like, is that going to work? Is there going to be a power struggle? Is there going to be, you know, egos? And it's been the complete opposite. Uh, it really has been a family again, everyone gelling, no egos, no power struggle, just people just wanting to make this product great. And, and that includes the roster, you know, so when everyone's on the same team and everyone has the same goal, uh, that proves for a successful formula, you know, and it's, it's been working because that's all I've only heard positivity. 
Yeah, I agree. It, it's been a. I, I thought 2018 was a banner year for Impact. I'm really looking forward to what you guys do in 2019. Of course, you just announced the uh, the new TV deal with Pursuit. Uh, what are your thoughts on, yeah. on this new network? Uh, I know some fans have kind of poo pooed it because they, you know, ha- they're not going to be able to watch it because it's yeah. just a harder to find network. Right. I think that's the only downfall, I guess, to find us um, in that regard. But in terms of us as a company, nothing's going to change. We're only looking forward and just keep on doing what we're doing, which has been turning the product around and just entertaining the fans. And I think it's just, you know, hopefully we'll add some more talent this year. And everyone we've added so far has just been great in terms of their attitude and, uh, you know, just joining the the common goal of making this amazing again. And it's just great to hear the fans. Cause at one point I swear it was just all so negative where everyone just wanted to hate us, you know? And, yeah. and as a performer on that roster at that time, I was like, why, why is everyone being so negative? And um, it's, so it's really nice to hear mostly if not all positive and that people are truly um, loving our effort you know, and appreciating our effort. So it, it just gives us even more motivation to make it better. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, we talked a bit about Tessa. Of course, you're the guest referee as she defends the title against Taya mm-hmm. Valkyrie. Uh, before I let you go, I got to talk mm-hmm. to you about Taya a little bit as well. Uh, 2018, yeah. 2018 was a real breakout year from her, kind of moving away from Lucha Underground, setting down roots in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. She had a weird... Uh, TMZ worthy moment there with Austin Aries. Yeah. Uh, what was your? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was first of all? Tell me about Taya, but also what was your take on that and and the place that Austin took that feud with Johnny and Taya? Yeah. So I mean, I think okay. Well, it was Taya. She's a fellow Canadian number one. She came out of Lance Durham's academy, which is another bonus because everyone that comes out of there is just trained properly. Uh, make it to that level and have some success. And I just love her. She is a girl's girl, uh, a guy's girl. Like she just gets along with everyone. And I honestly think 2019 is going to be her year. And last year she was kind of gone a lot because of her immigration issues and all these things for her. She went through so much frustration. And when she came back, she came back a new woman. I mean, literally, she moved differently, her attitude, her entrance, just everything. And I'm just loving what I'm seeing from her. And I I really, truly believe that 2019, like I said, it's going to be this year, uh, her year. And all that stuff that happened with Johnny and Austin. And at first, I was just seeing all these tweets going back and forth. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? And I I text her and just think, what's going on this is getting really heated and the way that it built i mean even to the match that they had at bound for glory did you see that match i did yeah i loved it yeah yeah i loved it too but i remember watching it going i was seriously concerned for the first 10 minutes of it yeah and uh she was just ringside and i could see you know she was i knew in my heart she was very concerned but i think the way that that all played out was just it worked it really worked um and it worked in her favor as well um you know just from the change from heel to babyface, and uh i loved it i thought it was great 
to be honest. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I was just asking you. It was like one of those. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, what, what, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, you what know, were your thoughts on that. I'm just curious. I'm I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm a I'm a Southern gentleman from Texas. I would not say what Austin Aries said. I know that he is a bad guy, right? But I I. It made yeah. me uncomfortable. I mean, I definitely wanted to see him get his ass kicked, which he did, I guess. I don't know. He yeah. walked away. But uh, I think, you know what, though? We all know Austin, though. I mean, all of us who have worked with Austin, and I get along with Austin. You know, um, uh, we all know his character. We all know his personality. So it wasn't surprising, I guess you could say. And um, I think everyone kind of, in terms of John and Taya handled it very, very well. Awesome. Uh, well, lastly here, uh, as we look ahead to 2019, there does seem to be a bit of a land grab here for talent. Uh, we've got WWE, yeah. ROH, <laughs> AEW now in the mix, yeah. New Japan. How, yeah. how hard is it, in your opinion, to get good talent right now uh, with so many great opportunities out there for wrestlers? It's really hard. I just finished talking about this on both interviews I had before you. Oh, good. And I was saying, you know, WWE is just basically scooping up all the talent, and they're making it really difficult. And, you know, I they say, from what I've heard uh, through the grapevine, and it could be untrue, but I've heard that they say that they want competition and they like competition, but I don't believe that. I truly don't believe that because they are trying to make this a monopoly and they are trying to make everyone, you know, not have um, many chances to get the available talent out there. And I, I, I feel like that's a losing game for the talent, to be honest, because when you bring in all this talent and, you know, like the developmental is swarming with 75 to a hundred people, they're just going to drown. You know, it's just, it's, I don't think it's, proven to be a successful formula i think you should just let everyone do it the old school way everyone chase after their dreams and you see who's going to work for and develop and sign them and give them good money contracts instead of giving 50 you know low money contracts i i I just think that this way that they're doing it is not great for the talent out there all right, uh, Gail. I want to thank you so much for I'm the time. I'm speaking for the talent. That's all. That's fine. Yeah, Again, I just, my job's just to ask yeah. the questions. You know, you did a good job answering all yeah, my questions. Okay. So thank you. Uh, this Sunday from <laughs> okay. the Asylum, Impact is going home. It is homecoming. Check it out. Fight.tv on pay-per-view. Gail will, of course, be the special guest referee as Tessa Blanchard defends her Knockouts Championship against Taya Valkyrie. Gail, thank you once again for the time here today. Thank you so much. Hi, Brian. This is uh, Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. Thanks so much for taking the time today. No worries. Uh, yeah, my question was to kind of follow up on something I asked Josh earlier. Obviously, uh, you've had you had an amazing 2018. You're one of the hottest uh, non-WWE stars right now. Uh, there's new uh, competition in the room with AEW. I just wanted to get your thoughts on what it is like for you right now. Uh, knowing there is so much opportunity out there and why you chose Impact Wrestling to uh, to rally behind and, and make your name in here in 2019? Uh, you know what? I, I think it's great what they're doing. Um, I thought that the All-In Show was one of the coolest uh, shows and just, just moments in wrestling. Um, definitely a little historic milestone. Uh, but, I mean, AEW, New Japan, Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE, what what have you, there, there's so many awesome places to work right now. And even just the independence amongst themselves throughout North America 
you know, Europe, Australia, and so on. Um, it, it's, it's phenomenal. As Josh even said, you know, the more places there are to work, that's more opportunities for the boys. It's more, you know, different styles and different programming that fans can choose from. It's, uh, it's awesome. It's definitely not, um, it's funny because I don't think like WWE is booming as big as it, you know, has before, but I think professional wrestling in a whole is definitely on a good, good upswing where a lot of people are, are paying attention to. There's a lot of just mass opportunities. And I think a, a big part of that obviously is the, the digital age and, and social media and everything else just helping get it all out there and make it more accessible. So, um, yeah, man, it, it, it's been great. And to follow up with why I chose impact, you know, a lot of people have seen my praises, like you said, one of the, the more known stars outside of WWE. Uh, unfortunately though, even like everyone's singing my praises, no one's really ever given the opportunity. It's almost like they've always wanted me to become a star elsewhere. And then someone else would give me the opportunity and lo and behold, you know, I mean, which underground definitely got me more on the map and then impact, uh, you know, offered me a deal and definitely led the way and gave me the ball and gave me an opportunity. And I, I took it and I ran with it and I made the most of it. So, uh, you know, hats off to them and a big thanks and salute. And I'm trying to live up to my end of the bargain. So, so far so good. I've enjoyed my time there and, um, looking forward through the, what, what this year has to bring and hopefully starts it off as world champion. Uh, yeah, and lastly, I got to bring up, yeah, Nick and Davey from Survivor, I guess, are going to be there uh, front row supporting Johnny. Are you considering bringing any backup? Do you have any famous friends that you'll be having sit front row to, to have your back? You know, I know what, this was just announced, and I'm like, first of all, too, are they really even that great of friends? I mean, come on. I feel like he's just trying to get the rub. Secondly, too, if you're famous for being on a reality show, in my book, you're not famous. So whether it's it's my best friend from high school or, or a legit famous person, I, I think that that's of equal standing point. Um, you know, you can have his survivor buddies in the crowd. I don't really think that that's going to affect me or, you know, really give him any sort of advantage. Uh, I mean, he, it didn't help him win Survivor, right? Because he lost Survivor, so I don't know why it would help him win the match. Damn. All right. Hey, thank you very much, Brian. I look forward to seeing you this <laughs> Sunday. Thank you, bud. You know, Brian, anything you say negative against Survivor hits Nick directly in the heart. <laughs> Look, Ross, you like Survivor, too. Well, you can't throw shade at me. We talk about it. I'm not. I'm just stating a fact. <laughs> Entertaining program. Muted. I could never do it, that's for sure. No way. I could, 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 could you go on the island? It. No. After one hour of not eating, I'd be like, that's it. I'm out of here, guys. <laughs> Send me home. Brian Cage would be the shortest-lived uh, survivor. Absolutely. At least I'd, I'd have a record, though. I'd be the best at something. I'd be the worst person on Survivor. Michael Wiseman here, Wrestling Inc., with formerly known as Darren Young, Fred Rosser. Mr. Uh, no Days Off. Mr. No Days Off. Mr. No Days Off here at WrestleCade this weekend, a fantastic event. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about this championship belt you have over here. I just want to jump in real quick with this. From Headquarters Clothing. It's a brand I work with in Sherman Oaks, a uh, brand having to do with success, and I've been loyal to them for so long that they got this Block 8 Legacy Championship belt uh, for me for my birthday. So moving forward, when I go to appearances, I bring it with me and share it with the world because in crazy times like this, we need to block the hate. So what, what does this championship mean to you personally? 
It means a lot to me because I always say my fight is much more bigger than in the ring. It's outside of the ring fighting bigotry and hatred. I'm trying to be the voice of the voices when it comes to our LGBT community. So someone's got to be that superhero, and I'm going to be that superhero. So you seem to really embrace that role. I mean, you were the first openly gay wrestler for a major wrestling promotion um, here in America. Uh, how does it feel to kind of hold that torch and be the first one to kind of blaze that path? Well, I'm not the first one, and I'm definitely not the last one, you know. I was the first openly gay WWE right, superstar, right. so to be under contract, but yes. Pat, Pat... Obviously, lots of other yeah. uh, amazing wrestlers who come before you have been openly gay, but maybe not while under contract. Exactly, but the bottom line is we need more representation. We need more out athletes standing up for what's right, bigotry and hatred, because in crazy times like this, uh, we need to have each other's back. And I always say none of us are as strong as all of us. Absolutely. And so what would you say to young kids right now, no matter the sexual orientation, who are aspiring to get and do what you've done? You've been on the biggest pay-per-views. You've done it all with the biggest companies. Uh, to take care of your body. If you want to get in this business, take care of your body, stretch, learn different languages, learn about different cultures, because WWE looks for well-rounded people. They don't look for just the all-American athlete. They look for if you can talk different languages. So it's good to have the total package. How would you advise kids who, you know, a lot of us have gone through that awkward phase, whether it's sexual orientation or just our personalities. How did you find your solace in saying, I'm going to stay true to my roots no matter what obstacles life threw my way? Well, I came out and I made a sacrifice. You know, I sacrificed my career so others can live their authentic self. So, um, like I said, I'm going to be that superhero no matter what, and I'm not going anywhere. So what's keeping you busy these days? I know you're wrestling on the independent circle, obviously here at WrestleCade. What is next on the docket for you in your professional career? Well, continue to wrestle. I still have a lot left in the tank. Um, I do a lot of speaking engagements for the LGBT community, and I also work with the clothing brand, Headquarters Clothing. Uh, they're all on my social media. I'm always shouting them out. It's a brand that I truly believe in. Uh, they supported me. I love the quality and the message of the brand is why I love them so much. So I stay busy. That's why I'm Mr. No Days Off. That's right. Well, you have a, definitely have a huge social media following. Where can people keep up with you if they want to stay in touch? On my social media, at Real Fred Rosser, Twitter, Instagram, uh, my website, realfredrosser.com. So I'm still very, very social. Can you hold up the belt one more time for us? It's beautiful. Love it. Right here, baby. Block the hate. Spread the word. Spread the numbers all day, every day, baby. <laughs> At this time, I am very happy to welcome to the Winkley former WCW cruiserweight, hardcore, and tag team champion, Crowbar, a.k.a. Chris Ford. Chris, thank you very much for taking the time today. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, Pat. Thank uh, you. No, no problem. Well, before we get to because we're going to talk some fun down memory road stories here, uh, but I want to talk at the top here about what got my attention, what you're doing right now. You've got a show, Rescue Mania. Uh, it's going yeah. down Lindhurst Rec Center in uh, Lindhurst, New Jersey. It's going to be for some YouTube TV tapings. And I also should throw in here, I think it's very cool that you wrote this, the TV show, along with Kevin Sullivan. T tell, yes. me, tell me about Rescue Mania. Uh, actually, it started out, was supposed to be a one and done. Uh, you know, I do indie wrestling now for fun. I genuinely, I mean, I'm at a point in my career where I really don't care what people think. Uh Call me a mark, call me whatever. I'm 44 years old. I still genuinely, and I enjoy doing this. It's fun. I have a great time doing it. I try to do it once or twice a month, depending on where the show's at. Uh, you know, 
preferably close to home if I can, and preferably a, a good show to be on. Uh, uh, I currently own and operate a, a physical therapy practice. So last March, a friend of mine came in from the local fire department. He said, I always see on your Facebook timelines that you're doing these shows, these wrestling shows. We need a fundraiser. Is there any way we could do one of those? And you, you know, you've been a lot of indie shows, I'm sure. There's some that are good, some that are bad. There are some that are good. They have great talent, great matches. They just don't draw. There are some that are awful and they draw. And, and a huge component is just uh, the organization, the mobilization, and really getting that word out to the community. So I, I said, you don't want a wrestling show. You want a community event. And if you're willing to do this the right way, and if you're willing to mobilize the fire department and X, Y, and Z, we could really do this. So we had the first show, uh, with the only name guys, I don't count myself as, as, as a name. I'm, I'm not delusional. I was on TV years ago. Uh, we had Tito Santana and, 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 uh, Little Guido. And one of the things that's unique about Rutherford is that it's produced a lot of wrestlers. Myself, this guy, Gun, Gunner Trash, who I guarantee no smart fan has ever heard of. Uh, but this guy started wrestling years ago. Uh, just did independence. Stocky, built, good guy. Looks like a wrestler. And that's one of my very common complaints about independent wrestling. You have guys that just don't look like wrestlers. Yeah. And uh, he actually legitimately, he shoot works for the DPW. For years, he worked that night after his DPW shift delivering pizzas for the town pizzeria. So he's been in everybody's house in town, and he's probably genuinely the nicest guy in town. So this guy is the our version of Dusty Rhodes, if... You've never Wait. been to a rescue mania. You just won't get it. I hate to cut you off, but DPW, is that the Department of Public Waste? Yes, he's a, he's a garbage man. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's like not the son of a plumber, a but like a Jason. Rose. Yeah, that's amazing. He's a, a legit. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if you haven't been to a show, you will never get it. Yeah. They love this guy. He's <laughs> legitimately the nicest guy around town. If, if you walk around a ten of Rutherford, and you see a guy helping an old lady across the street, it's probably him. Definitely. That's how nice this dude is. But good wrestler, solid, basic wrestler, but he's already, before even the first show, he's already captured the hearts of the people of the town, and he was over. Yeah. And then we have another guy, uh, Bright Lights Jarrett Foster, and he usually tags with a guy called the Jersey Jewel, uh, Steve Sorry, uh, Steve Sterling, also from Rutherford. And he's one of these guys that has done a few shows on, on the East Coast. Just a guy that's not in with a lot of clicks, not in with the right people. This guy is probably, in my in my opinion, and, and I'm not biased just because I use the guy on, on my shows. He gets so much heat doing nothing. He's a great character. He speaks well. He's a solid wrestler, but doesn't do anything overly fancy nothing that's unsafe but they literally hate this guy and uh it's this unique dynamic of local people that have connected with the community that's made this the success that it is you know, yeah. outside of that we use a lot of good east coast in uh independent guys guys that are talented guys that look like 
wrestlers. That's a big qualification of mine. You got to you at least better look like a wrestler, have gear, at least be in a, some kind of shape. And some kind of shape is if if you're not jacked or built, you know what? You then maybe you're that big round giant, like Bam Bam Bigelow type guy, but you're not dressing like the kid next door in shorts and, and a t-shirt and calling and, and calling yourself a wrestler. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, uh, we've had a lot of, our guys looked apart. The uh, they're competent in the ring. Uh, they're all, they're, they already have a connection with the community. The show itself is a community event. It's not a wrestling show. And I'm not saying that wrestling shows are bad, but in this day and age, when there's so much free wrestling on TV, you got WWE, how, how many nights? You have the network, you have Impact, you got Ring of Honor. You, you need another reason for people to come out to your show other than saying, come watch wrestling. Uh, our first show, we, in, we made community uh, dignitaries, we'll call them, uh, ring announcers and timekeepers and all this. And it, you know, and, and it just made this a giant event. It yeah. sold out. We turned people away at the door. And it was supposed to be a one-and-done show. And we're going on our fifth one now. That's, yeah, so it's you know, since last March. So tell me, so tell me now, because I am very intrigued by the fact that you, uh, in the press release here, list that this these shows, because it's like a TV taping you guys are doing for, for the yeah. Internet, yep. for YouTube. But they're written by you. And Kevin Sullivan, I, I mean, I, yeah. I I know Sullivan has been active in, in other promotions and stuff. I didn't know he was working on this project. How did you get Kevin Sullivan involved in this? What's it been like writing I've, with him? What's the vision? I have known Kevin for years and years and years and years. Uh, he he was actually the first guy to bring me in to WCW prior to Crowbar. He brought me in. I, I met him years ago when I was doing uh, Independence for Tony Rumble up in uh, Massachusetts, New England area and he was a friend of Tony's and he saw me doing all the with the cruiserweight stuff at, at that time flipping and flopping and doing all that Japanese style type stuff he brought me into WCW as Devin Storm when I was still a, a college student right. and we've kept in contact since and I'm, I actually have a good friendship with Kevin Sullivan not a lot of people know about it but uh at at the same time when uh Jeff Jarrett and TNA were pitching the spike after WWE left. We had a meeting, me, him, and JJ Dillon. It just didn't go through. They loved our concept. It was going to be called Spike Championship Wrestling. Wait, they wait. were actually going to have the show. <laughs> wait, but you guys, before it was Impact with with uh, Jeff and everything, you were gonna, you guys were gonna be Impact. We the were creating with Jed. Wow. No one knew, but wow. we had gone in where Spike would actually own their own wrestling company. It was. It was going to be called Spike Championship Wrestling, and we, we had a concept, but we we had no video. You know, we, we had no tape. We hadn't done anything. Whoa, where, wait, I got to know. What was the concept? I, I'm just because Impact is like a 15-year-old company at this point. It's crazy to think it could have been something completely different. Uh, just it, basically, it would have been the writing of JJ, Kevin, and I'd help out. I'd help acquire talent. Huh. It would have been just basically – doing a different show on their network like impact would have been at that time. Yeah. And we unfortunately just had no video or anything like that. Hmm. We had a concept, we had a business plan. We had a roster of guys that were ready to go, but 
they had video and it was all already an established company. And for Spike at that time, that was huh. less risky, you know? Yeah, I no, think it that makes sense. Would have worked out different if, if they would have went with us. I, I guarantee you that, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, it's fascinating. But, that, but I've been friends with him since, yeah. and uh, he's helping me co-write all all of these shows. He knows the talent. He he knows the guys. He's seen them work, and yada yada yada. I think it's interesting. That, I think it's really interesting because in the press release, you know, you're promoting that you and him are writing these shows. That's very modern to promote, like the bookers, basically of the show. I don't have any issue with it. I just am wondering, yeah. like, what is. Like, what is a Kevin Sullivan show? Like, what what kind of themes, what kind of stories do you guys like to tell? Um, what, well, what What's that product it's, like? It's a very different product. And here's where I'm going. A lot of the products today, all throughout the independence, is every, every, everybody's getting more realistic. They're getting kind of on that ring of honorary, uh, more more adult, hardcore. Not even hardcore, like death matches, but it's it's just even... WWE is even presented more adult. You have guys that are characters, but the outlandish costumes aren't there. Uh, it's, yeah. it's more serious, more adult-oriented. We really try to model it after the early Nitros, maybe mid, uh, early, mid-90s, maybe even late-80s type stuff, where you had guys that looked like characters. They were larger than life. You had guys that were workers, but you had the good, the bad, the ugly. You had the silly. I always say we have the silly, too. You know, you need your resident clown in there. Uh, or even an independent guy, Prince, I always miss, uh, let me pronounce his name, Akhenaten. And people go, he's a white guy that acts e- Egyptian and claims to be a prince. And it's ridiculous. And... The fans know he's never going to win, but they laughed their ass off when he's out out there. You know, you, you need a clown. We have cruiserweights. We got guys that are larger than life, big guys. We got Tom Brandy doing the Patriot. Kids love it. You know, that's a message that's lost in wrestling. We actually have a whole droves of fans chanting USA, USA. We have an outlandish entrance for one of our, our veterans, a really layered entrance, which you don't see on independent wrestling and it gets people into the show so it's if i had to say what it is it's very late 80s early 90s-esque wrestling uh kind of like nitro where you you have some matches that are there to satisfy fans of good work rate like cruiserweight type work rate you have guys that are just going to do a basic solid match everybody has somewhat of a character and you have, you have the bigger guys on on top, and it just it's worked so far. You know, we yeah. uh, our our audience is mainly kids and families, but the overwhelming response that we've had is I've had many parents come to me say, "My kid loved this. They were so engaged. They were yelling at the ref when he didn't see the foreign object." <laughs> he goes, "And you guys had some really cool stuff, and it really reminded me of the wrestling that we grew up watching, and that's what our goal is." Yeah, and you know, I think most people would probably most remember you uh, as Crowbar. Sorry, something in my and, throat. Yeah, and, most people and would remember. Yeah, and, and I'm used to performing in a more extreme style. I like that style, but when it came time to doing a show, 
we had to do something that nobody else is really doing right now. And when you do that, you've got to satisfy the audience that's left behind, and that's the kids and, and the families, while at the same time providing a product that if you get a regular or a more, uh, for lack of a better word, smart fan going, they could go and enjoy your show. Yeah, and I was just saying that people probably most remember you as, as Crowbar, right, from back yeah. in the day when they were growing yeah. up. And they, I, you know, when I think of you, I think of, you know, your feud and your tag team with David Flair and Daphne, um, which is, you know, which was a lot of fun in WCW. Um, I just was wondering for you, like, you know, when you were in that, first of all, what was the pitch like when you were told by WCW you were going to be Crowbar? Kind of an out there character. What was that pitch like? Well, I was Evan Storm first, and I had been for about, three or four months on the Saturday night show. And I was basically being groomed as a, a, a new addition uh, to the cruiserweight division, which I thought at, at, at that time, being a huge fan of that style, that that was going to be great. And I thought that's where it was going to be at uh, also at that time. And I was just basically doing a Saturday night show. That's all, all, all I was doing. It was the, with the power plant talent, mixing with names from like thunder and nitro and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, at, at the same time, David Flair was on there stalking Kimberly, hitting people with crowbars being a nut. But the only issue, the only issue with David is he really can't wrestle that well. Uh, so they came up with an idea. Let's get him in a tag team. That way the partner could do the majority of the work and we could still have David out there being a nut and, we could still have wrestling matches and I was picked to be the partner. Thank God that was, him being a not being not that great of a worker actually gave me my break. How was that working with David? Cause obviously there's a lot of pressure there as dad's, you know, Rick Flair and everything. How was it working with David? And you know, you, you speak pretty candidly about how you didn't think he could wrestle, you know, uh, I tell everybody and, and I say that and he knew that too. Uh, I had no idea what it would be like. I'm like, this is Flair's kid. He might have an ad, uh, might have an attitude, this, that, and the other thing, and I really wasn't sure. I met David, awesome, really humble, nice guy. Uh, he knew his limitations. He wanted to learn from me. He always thanked me for doing more of the in-ring work. So all those fears, all those concerns were soon to put to rest. Really humble, really humble great guy. Yeah. was eager to learn the best he can. He knew he wasn't his dad. He knew he couldn't work like his dad, but he was happy to be there. And I had a lot of fun with David. It was a great time. It, it, it was so much fun just acting stupid. You know, we were nuts. We were stupid. You, you really can't mess that up. Uh, the bigger challenge was pulling that off and still finding a way to work in my legit moves and stuff like that. And, and it was actually fun trying to do both, you know, and actually finding ways but to be a madman that could still wrestle good. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, though. You you know, just talking about David's limitations and you watch Charlotte now on TV night and day. Oh, I mean, she, yeah, she's she's really coming to her own recently. It's been it's Oh, been yeah. Incredible. She's an amazing athlete. But David knew it. You know, he knew he wasn't a great athlete or anything like that. He knew he knew his spot and he knew what he could do and what he couldn't do. Yeah. You uh, you spent a lot of time in the hardcore division. Did you enjoy working the hardcore division? Do you think there should be a hardcore title brought back? A lot of fans always clamor uh, for that. One, I I tell everybody else, and everybody else calls bullshit on because they want to be a like a big pro wrestler business person. Dude, I was there when I was like 
25 years old and I had exceeded any expectation I ever had when I got into pro wrestling in the back of my mind. Yes. I thought I could make it. I knew I would work hard to do it, but when you're actually there, you just cherish that moment so much. And on an aside, not to pat myself on the back, I had already acquired my edge, my education, my license, my physical therapy degree. So I knew whenever it's done, it's done. And I have something to go back to. And so I really just, I generally enjoyed the whole time yeah. when it came time to sound. I prefer for me, a hardcore match is where there's no rules or it's a brawl around the ring. You use stuff that's naturally around the ring an announce table, a bell, a microphone wire, a guardrail, a chair. I'm not a big fan of just having a big garbage can of crap and say, here, go bludgeon each other with it. How, but how was that? Of, how was that when they came? Because that's largely what I remember of the WCW hardcore division was garbage cans full of crap. You just do it. You know, yeah. you just do it. You, you know, it's not my ideal, but that's what we did. And that's what they were doing. And, you know, I, I was being paid to do a job. I, I, I was happy just to be there, but ideally that wasn't my type of hardcore match, but yeah. I did it. Yeah. How was it there in the, 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 cause you were there pretty close to the end of WCW. How was it in the waning? Yeah. How was it in the waning days of that? Did you think it would get bought up by Bischoff? What did you think was going to happen with the company? Nobody knew. Everybody assumed that Bischoff was going to buy it. Then when that fell through and, and Vince bought it, no one saw that coming. Uh, I got released just before the buyout. Yeah. Uh, and that was it for me. You know, I had a few dark matches, got great reactions, not blown smoke up my own behind, but I, I got to wrestle at Madison Square Garden, a dark match there. And, you know, there's an old saying in with the business where Vince says if you could get over at the Garden, you could get over anywhere. I got a great reaction, had a good match, had a lot of fun, and it just never came to pass. You know what I mean? Uh, I think everything happened for a reason. Had I got signed, I never would have met my wife. And, uh, you know what I mean? And, and I wouldn't be on, on the path I'm on now. So it was meant to happen. At the time, it was disappointing. But, you know, I'm not trying to preach at all. But it's what I, uh, I believe God steers you where you need to go. And, you know, I have a, a great life now from not making it, I think. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you talk so highly about uh, having your physical therapy license, always knowing that's a backup. How hard was it for you to watch a lot of guys that didn't have that mentality, didn't have a, a backup plan, kind of, you know, uh, oftentimes, I hate well, to say wasting away, but, you know, doing well, ourselves a lot of damage. You want me to be frank, really? Yeah, yeah I would love to. Yeah. I'm at the point where I don't care anymore. Most of those guys sit on me for studying in, in the back of, of the locker room. I was, people talk shit when I was in ECW because I was, I would bring my books, I would study. I would do it in uh, indie shows, I'd be doing homework, and you know, they mocked me, you know what I mean? And I, mean, I, I don't wish Ill, Ill upon them. I wish success upon everyone, but I, I knew that it was a, the business was finite, that it ends someday. Or for me, it's not, it's not over, but it's not my way of life. It's not my career. It's not how I make money right now. But I mean, I've seen a good 80, 90% of guys gave me shit for it. And, uh, you know, I, I hold my head up high, and, and I think I'm better off than I say about 95% of them. And I'm not saying that to be snarky, but I took a lot of shit for years. Everybody looked down upon my me trying to do both, and 
I'm in a much better place for it right now. Yeah. It does seem like the business has changed a little bit in regards to the way that younger wrestlers treat the business. You know, I feel like I, ha- I, I talk to more guys that have a side hustle or a backup plan or several. You have other- to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Have, has that been the biggest uh, thing you've noticed? Because you still are active on the independent scene. Is that the biggest well, change you've seen in the wrestlers? That's good. The guys tear it up a whole lot less. You really see a whole lot less the prescription drug abuse as well, which is great. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like the newer generation seem to have learned from, you know, the like uh, the guys of, of the past and all their downfalls. You see a lot less drug use. Guys go out and, and they tear it up a whole lot less because wherever you go, there's a cell phone with a camera. Guys do some stupid stuff and there was no accountability. Now, wherever you go, there's a cell phone and, and a camera just waiting to record you doing something stupid. So, I, I mean, that's a big part of it, too. But you do hear of a lot more guys that are doing online classes or they're, uh, they have a side job or this, that, the other thing. And you have to. I mean, I, I tell everybody, and I've been saying it for years, they'll ask me in a locker room, and I'm going back 10 years from now, do you have any advice? And I always say, what else are you doing besides this? I go, because there's going to come a day when this is gone. I said, hey, if you want to support yourself, on an independent wrestler's salary, or if you want to support a family on an independent wrestler's salary, it's not going to happen. You'll meet all kinds of guys on the indies that claim they're killing it and making all kinds of money. And, and if you find me that guy that says he's killing it on indie wrestling and he's bringing in all kinds of money, I'll look him in the face and I'll say, you're a liar because you are, because it doesn't happen. It's, it's a, a passion project. It's something you do to work up to the next level and the next level and the next level. But if you talk to anybody that says they're killing it on the indie circuit, they're lying to you. It's just a different, I mean, it, you know, it's not just the, the pay you get from the booker now. I mean, you got t-shirt revenue, you got all these different things now. I feel but like still, that, yeah. it's a lot of these shows got 50 people out there. You're not pulling in a ton of t-shirts. You're just not. Huh. Interesting time. It's I'm be being a, honest. You yeah. know, it's, it really is a struggle, and those that do it are – and I'm not shitting on the people. You are committed as hell, and you love what you're doing, and you do all that. But if but, but, but to pass on that rumor that there's, all, there's this giant amount of money to be had from indie wrestling to the next generation is irresponsible as well. You've got to tell them the truth uh, that there's not a lot of money, and it's – you know, you're going to work your ass off to get to the next level somewhere, but you better have another job at the same time. And thank you very much for tuning in. My favorite part of the show, right? That time dash there. Uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. Roads, where we're Man. going, we don't need roads. Show's over. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Another great Winkley here with Justin and I. Go check out again his Inside Edition uh, retrospective with Gene Okerlund. i just uh, such a big fan of it. I thought it was just very well done. Uh, if you want to get more from me, I'm about to hit the road. I am leaving California here. I'm going to spend 24 hours in Chicago. Uh, actually, 48, because uh, on Saturday night, I'll be at Warrior Wrestling 3 in Chicago. Huge pack show. Uh, the Lucha Brothers, Austin Aries, half the Impact roster. I'll be doing commentary with Rich Bikini. So tune into that. I believe it'll be on Fight. Then the next day, I'm moving. I'm traveling to Nashville. I'll be at Impact Homecoming. Uh, I will then be covering the TV tapings the night after. And then I leave Tuesday morning to go to Jacksonville, Florida to cover the AEW rally. And then Wednesday, I'm going to get very drunk. 
So, uh, you know, four straight days of on-the-road wrestling coverage, all for you guys. Please uh, follow Wrestling Inc. on social media. Oh, and on that note, uh, we are doing some promo code giveaways this week. I'm about to go over on Twitter and announce the winner of the Wrestle Kingdom 13 promo code and the Impact Homecoming promo code. But get this, I got two more. So today we're going to run another promo code contest over on the Wrestling Inc. Twitter. Uh, go over there, check it out, play all those great things. Justin, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, and all those great things? At Justin Labar on social media. Make sure you subscribe to Wrestling Reality, presented by Ticket King. Uh, the podcast out every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in. If you want to watch us live every Thursday, noon Eastern, but again, go over on iTunes, Wrestling Inc. Audio. Get the full show over there. Thanks for tuning in, and remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.